It says recording. Yeah, yeah, it's only it's recording, so we're good. <laughs> Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. This is episode 314, returning guest, massive guest, Franco Danger. Hello, 314, that's a good one. Boom. That's a chunky number. I fuck with it. <laughs> Last night, I mean, you had one uh, a night that you've been promoting on Facebook, probably one of the best nights of your life. You just recorded an album. Two shows at John and Peter's Pub in New Hope, Pennsylvania, after a tornado rips the whole country apart. How'd the show go? Dude, um, luckily, the place wasn't flooded out. Um and people showed up dude the first the first show was absolutely packed dude it was honestly a dream come true it was a dream come true it, it, everything went perfect dude it, it the, the the comics that went up were fucking awesome uh keegan tyndall joe mcandrew kate nichols uh, we had gail and angela open up uh mike the was hosting dude and just the vibes i'm so glad i asked them to do the show because everything was just set up perfect People knew that we were there to fucking fuck around, be silly, um, anything goes. So once I got up there, dude, it was just smooth sailing, bro. It, it was one of the best sets of my life so far, dude. It was so awesome. How long? How much time you do? So I, I, I was aiming. I didn't get. I didn't get the light. So he was like, "Do whatever." He said I did closer to forty, but I felt like I did twenty-five. You know what I mean? Oh wow! Like it just was just. Once I was getting closer to like my final jokes in my head, I'm like, did I miss anything? Mm. Like it, this feels like it was too short, like it was too soon, but I was just having so much fun up there. Nice. And um, dude, it was perfect, dude. And I knew so the first show, everything came out great. There was only a few things that I needed to do for the second show. Um, like minor changes. So when I went to this, so the mentality in the second show, I never drink before a show. I had like you know, a few sips of whiskey or whatever um, for the second show. And I went on stage and I told them, like, listen, the first show was great. So if you motherfuckers don't laugh, you're not making the cut. I was like, fuck it. And they loved it. They were like, they were, they were cracking up. They're like, all right. So I was able to just riff around and fuck around. And next thing you know, I things happened that I'm like, oh, that's making the album for sure. That's going to be in the bonus tracks like this. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just it was it was I don't know. It was a dream come true. Dude. It was so fun. Well, so, you're so, so skilled. So I'm so happy for you. I, I saw this man. coming years ago. Uh, you have any technical issues? How did you record? Audio only? Any video coming out? So, yeah, there's going to be a video. We had Lou Dareville. Um, he he helped me out with a promo. And then from there, it like slowly turned into a special, like uh, a video. Um, audio, they have engineers in-house. So we had everything mic'd up. We had the whole crowd mic'd up um everything's on a separate channel and everything so the audio is going to sound amazing um and the mics are right in front of the crowd there's one right behind me um to pick up everybody so it's going to be coming out as an album and then also i'm going to be putting clips out on youtube and and then maybe it might it might be like a, a like a visual special but we only had like one camera so it's mostly on me um so yeah but it's going to come out as an album um, have you discussed or thought at, at all about the business side? Now your dream came true. You're riding a golden pony all the way to two great shows in New Hope, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Who's better? Uh-oh, business, show business, distribution platforms. Who do you yeah. choose? Who do you trust, Franco Danger? What do you think? <laughs> so I thought about it. So um, one of my best friends, Ibrahim Khalif, dropped his album and so I'm just bothering him. I've just been bothering him about what to do with this shit. And you can just distribute this shit on your own. I had somebody ask me like, hey, we can we can release your comedy album on our on our um, on our label. And at, at first I was like, hell yeah. But then the pitch was like, yeah, um, we take 10 percent, but like 10 percent isn't much because comedy albums don't sell anyway. And then I was like, oh, that's your pitch, dude. I'm out. Sorry, yeah, buddy. You, so you, we'll do you loser a favor and take 10% of your fucking dream money. Yeah. But so then I looked at it and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm dick. like, no, if you release it on your own, that's you, you get it. And, and there's, there's not much, 
other companies can really do, especially at this point, unless like, I don't know, it, it, there's not much other companies can do at this point, unless they're trying to, um, you know, submit you to, to places that you can't get submitted to like S XM radio and shit like that. Um, which you can, you can do right now. If you wanted to, if you had an album, you can just go to XM radio and be like, Hey, uh, just I'll submit it. And if you guys approve of it, boom, I'm on XM radio. Uh, apparently that's what I've heard. It, it's like, but I don't know. Um, I'm not going to try to give 10%. Away right now, especially because I don't really know much. And Give us ten percent, you won't even sell anyway. I bet your jokes go flat. Give us ten yeah. percent. <laughs> like you don't sound real passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, dude. So I, I, I don't know, and it's. I think it's best to just be independent at the top, make your own fan base if you can, and then go from there. You know, get off the plantation. We don't need these middlemen. Yeah. You're in Bloomfield, New Jersey, right by way of Bound Brook, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, South, last last Bound Brook, New Jersey, and uh, Belleville, New Jersey. It's okay. You're almost there. You were in Belleville. No, no. I was in South Bound Brook. South Bound Brook. I said Bound Brook. I am now in Belleville. No, no. South Bound Brook is very different, my man. Oh, my God. We met in Bound Brook, I believe. I'm not sure if it was Central, South, or East, or West. We had Chinese yeah. food one time. Yeah, that was in Boundbrook. That was in Boundbrook for sure. <laughs> That's the best uh, Sichuan uh, kitchen. Oh, my Hands God. down. Best uh, best uh, general sales you'll ever get. You know, I had to cut like 40 minutes out of it because, number one, they were screaming in the kitchen. And then yeah. number two, you know, how good is this for a podcast? Oh, 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 oh. We were both it, like two fat pigs eating a pile of orange chicken. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not good for listening. You know no, I mean? dude, I missed that chicken, bro. I haven't had that in forever. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, how was your, I'm going to ask you a cheese ball question, your work-life balance? You know, you're, you're raising a kid, right? You're doing this. You're doing that. You know, you got to yeah. work. You got to do your dreams. How, how are you able to make everything happen? Um, it's very unhealthy. <laughs> it's, not, it's not as balanced as it should be. Um, what do you mean? Like my job, my my day job is just the commute is two hours. So it's like one hour there, one hour back. So I'm losing two hours a day. I get home. Um, I have to immediately shower. Um, I'm exhausted. And most of the time I try to find a mic. And it's like I run back out. After I shower, I just run back out. It's like six o'clock, seven. I run back out to do a set. I come home late. Uh, um, and I hang out with Angelique for, you know, the last 30 minutes of my day. It is, it's not the best, but I, there, there could be some more balance there. Um, but I'm trying to figure it out. It's, it's, it's different. It's like, it, it's, it's not easy to balance. Um, but it's, it's definitely, I wish, uh, it'd be a lot easier. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, sorry, this, this answer wasn't very funny. I got real, real. Oh, hey, we're talking. This is a little bit of therapy for both of us because we're both like chasing the same dream. We've both been at it for a long time. And it's also fun. Like, you know, it's so hard when reality strikes. Like, you know, um, some people do it all through college and then they have to get a job and then they kind of lose sight of their comedy goals or like, mm -hmm. you know, COVID locks down. And then like a lot of people mm -hmm. fell off there and then other things happen. People have, uh, you know, move to a new city, they just forget about it. So like to have longevity, it's not exactly easy, but it's yeah. just like I, me and you were crazily driven towards this uh, goal. That's very un impractical. And, uh, yeah. you know, after I put out my special, you know, for a while, you know, after I put it out on YouTube, got a couple thousand, uh, I don't know, a couple hundred or a couple thousand views or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I didn't really get any money from YouTube, you know. It took a long time to do my special, and afterward, I'm like, "Wait a minute, what now? What the hell am I doing with my life? I just spent, you know, 15 years making this. Now what do yeah. I do? It didn't, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, I, it didn't hit me till the ride home um, that I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that was it for my material. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, I gotta, I gotta start." I got to start working on this new shit. I, and I have some new shit, but I was like, oh, no, I have to 
I have to really commit to to just dropping the closers, dropping dropping the the haymakers. Uh, some of them are still pretty new, so I can still work on them. Yeah, um, I say like about like a ten minute chunk is um a ten minute chunk of the album is post COVID material. So it's twenty minutes of just the last fucking four and a half years. Right. And then after COVID, I made like ten new minutes. Right. Which um. Which was fucking, it was awesome that I could do that. Because, I don't know, it's it's weird. I guess you, you you grow as a comic, and then you go, okay, I know my sound. I know what I want to talk about. I know how to make this a joke. But the first couple of years, you're like, I don't know how to make a joke. So it's like, so having those 20 minutes, like, take four years, and then another a new 10 minutes took, like, six months. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yes, I know I could do this. I know I could do this for real. Um so that that was cool, but then now I know I'm worried that I have to drop all of it. But also, I'm like, Franco, you can do it. You, like yeah. you've done it before, you can fucking do it. I got real cocky because I put out three thirties, and then uh-huh. I put out like an hour audio album that was it's um, lost bits and crowd work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had then I go around Austin. I moved to Austin, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, going around and I'm trying all new material and I'm bombing so hard. Like when I first moved here, I was like, I want to make a good impression, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to do any of my old jokes. So let me, uh, so I was just like bombing. So then I took lost bits and crowd work down. It's mostly a crowd work album, Mm -hmm. but there were some things that I could finagle into material. So then Mm -hmm. I started just now I have like 15 from that, but part of part of it is because I took lots bits and crowd work off the internet so I can steal some of those jokes because I was like, I don't have any jokes right now. And jokes that are good that work take so long to craft, you know, and take so long. And then you got to get your confidence behind it, even after you've told it a hundred times, but you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, but if I tell this story, it always works. You know what I mean? So it takes mm-hmm. so long to build material. Um yeah. And it's tough to bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you want to make that impression, dude. So I, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I would have done the same shit. Honestly, I would have gone. I would have gone to old material. I would have been like, "What's the closer on each album? I'm gonna open with all those." Yeah, I'm not you know? gonna lie. You know, I've done it here and there. I, I hosted for Jimmy Schubert at the Roma Room. Then I, I dropped one or uh-huh. two of my old jokes, and I was like, "All right, this is a job right now." But um, but I yeah. still honestly on all those shows I did with Jimmy, I did ninety percent new material. Uh, like you know my new set that I'm working. The newest, yeah. Um, maybe I dropped ten percent of old jokes for for funny times, for good times. Yeah. Papa's got to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to do them. Sometimes you got to do the people pleasers, bro. Um, you play a lot. Of, you also play video games on live stream sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love those videos. By the way, uh, can I just say this? I got, I love to promote this podcast on Facebook. Unfortunately, I'm going through a little bit of a banning right now. Ah. Um, and it's a simple, so my friend Thomas Jones, he puts out a meme of a guy milking a cow and it says, come cow, C-U-M cow. And then there's a farmer jerking off over here. It's just like, there's come everywhere in this meme. So me and Thomas Jones, we're very good friends. And I always call him up and I'm like, I think I gave you like three nudes. I think you owe me like four back or whatever. Like we're always like completely joking. So under this meme of come shooting everywhere, I just go send nudes to my friend Thomas Jones, who I've known Mm -hmm. for 10 years. And well, this violates our community standards. You're sexually soliciting. Look at the meme. Come shooting there. That's okay. Yeah, he's yeah. milking a cum cow, and then there's like an anime squid in the corner jerking off and come ever. What do we do? That that's good for standards, but me oh saying the time to send nudes that crosses yeah, the line. I'm sexually soliciting. The robots don't know about cum, dude. They know about sending and nudes. Yeah, they don't yeah. know about cum. They don't know it's, about or cum cows. They have no idea. It how much breaks their robot brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I, contest, I contested it. And then another higher level robot said, no, you violated our standards. Oh, man. Ugh, they're going to start censoring our phone calls. That's our phone calls all the time. 
No, I know, I know. You 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 had to move to Memphis. Listen, send a lot of just like photograph your penis, get it out there. Like, you know what I mean? This is how we talk daily. So it's yeah. like on the phone, but then on Facebook, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Dude, you can't do nothing on Facebook. That's why I, I kind of stay away from Facebook. Um, because it's just it's just uh, you know, you just get to see how everyone's been doing since high school, and then whenever you want to promote something good, like no one ever people love people love seeing your achievements but then you're like hey there's this thing where you can share this with me and they're like "Uh, i'm not even gonna like that i'm gonna keep scrolling i don't want him to see i like that shit isn't that interesting do you think instagram it works better because it's more like impartial people all promoting their stuff or i think i think instagram is better because on facebook you're more human than you are on instagram Instagram, you're more of an image and the character that you put up. And then if you want to look cool and shit, you can put filters on. And then all of a sudden you're a fucking, you're like, oh, this is almost like a celebrity that I used to know because they have fucking filters on. Oh, look at this. This this picture is a little, it fades. It looks like it's from the 70s. Wow. Really like it. And they're like, I'm doing big things. And you're like, I believe it. Your character, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what Instagram is. Facebook, it's like, Oh, now I have to read your opinion, and you go, "Oh, that's right. This motherfucker doesn't know how to use punctuation. This guy's stupid." I remember him from high school, you know. And it's like, you're, you're right here, you know. So I feel like Facebook isn't that great, um, for shit like that. If you want to talk shit, if you want to talk shit on Facebook, that's fine. But then again, you you run into the um getting blocked, you know. You can post pictures of cum and cow and, and yeah. cattle, but like. Yeah, that's all it is. Facebook now is oh, I got banned from this. Oh, censorship. Da, 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 da. And then it's just all this vaccine and mask back and forth. Yeah. And then every once in a while, it's like a selfie, and then like an old lady being like, "Hi, how are you? You look great." Uh, you know. And then like a dog, like you know, dancing the margarita or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those do brighten up my day. Sometimes you have sad times. But then I see Franco Danger playing video games on a live stream, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this guy. He's, he's killing hookers on GTA for my entertainment. That's um, right, baby. You've been uh, warming up with Danny Braff in New York City at the Tiny Cupboard. How are, yeah. those, how are those audiences? Those are awesome, man. I'm, I actually got a show with him tomorrow. I'm hosting for Gary Goldman. Um, it's a big oh, one, cool. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's super excited. He said he's got you know a lot of tickets sold already. It's packed out. Um, so all new I'm material, a, right? No, no, no. I'm going so with all classics. new material, huh? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing some you're classic dropping, shit. You're dropping your album, though. <laughs> I'm gonna wait till my album drops and then uh, do it. And then also, also, it's like, okay, the album will drop, but like uh, the people that show up at the shows didn't know who I who d- don't know right. who I am anyway. You know what I mean? I'd rather be like, hey, do you like my set? Buy my album, and then when they buy my album, they're like, hey, this is the same shit. I'm like, I, gotcha, knew it. I know. <laughs> but i'm gonna have a bunch of bonus tracks and shit so it'll be a lot easier a lot easier sell to the people that are actually there i was seeing some uh speaking of facebook i was seeing some people from high school post uh devastating tornado hurricane footage in the last couple days Mm -hmm. uh september 2nd and uh, a little bit of third how it how did was the weather for you um, I'm thankful that, yeah, we didn't get much. We got a little leaking in the living room and stuff. Um, there's like a, a, a high school, like two blocks from us. That shit was, it was underwater, bro. It was underwater. There was like, what we saw was like a top of a car and uh. that's it. Like, 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 the, like an inch of the windows on the top and shit. Um, my people in that was hard too. Cause I was promoting this album recording in the middle of this shit. And I was like, I don't want to seem insensitive, um, but like, I don't think the venue is going to be like, yeah, we'll do a rain date if people still coming, you know? So like the show, I guess they say the show must go on. And I didn't feel like, you know, I understood if people bailed because I'm like, yeah, some of you guys lost homes, you know? Um, so I'm like, okay with that. But um, yeah, some people like my hometown, South Bambrook, a lot of people got... Uh, got fucked up Bombrook too um my parents i moved out of my parents house um and i where my room used to be used to flood all the time so but the, luckily they had pumps and stuff but the neighbor just sold their house and 
he was just chilling. There was like nothing in there left. They moved a bunch of shit out. He was like, I never bought a pump because this area never floods. And then boom, six feet of water just in his basement chilling. And he couldn't do anything about it. He's like, I just had to sit there and wait. And I'm like, damn, bro. That yeah. sucks because he just sold that shit. Like, what do you do? Do you just pretend like, uh, um, nah, nothing happened in the basement? <laughs> you yeah, know? that's like selling a car. No, no, I guarantee it's fine. And then it explodes on the highway. It's like, no, we bought it a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. So um, some people got it bad. Some people, you know. Yeah. Speaking of private phone calls and speaking of um, uh, things you're not allowed to say on Facebook and stuff like this, I, I, you know, speaking of Danny Braff, too, I can't, can't understand that his rabbi is in touch with him all the time. Um, rabbi Manashevitz. And I have some voicemails from from Rabbi Manashevitz to Danny Braff. Can I play them for you? Yeah, sure, sure. I heard a lot about him. He talks very highly. Of OK. Him. This is Rabbi Ben Shevitz. Oh, Rabbi Ben Shevitz? Yeah, who, who you got with you? I have Akash and I. Oh. I have Akash and Rabbi Ben Shevitz? I don't think she does. <laughs> Danny <laughs> Brown is, is Rabbi Ben Shevitz. Can I talk to you about business real quick? This is not Rabbi. Remember when I chopped a pee-pee? So listen, I know some of my skits haven't worked in the past, but look, I got my hands on a a shipping container of expired anchovies. Now, I know they're not good for eating. I know that, but I'm starting a loyal school. And if I have students, you know, hey, cut their gills off. Hey, cut cut their fins off. Then when they go to chop the pee-pee, they, so, they so Rabbi, here's the thing. No one wants to shoot it on. No one's going to trust that. I know, so they get it. You can't tell the people that it's the first time. Like, even if it's cheaper, like, people won't. Aren't, that's not like even something that it's like, you know what the men people go to, like, a tattoo artist, but the tattoo artist is be, like, cheaper? I mean, people are going to do that want. Well, no, I, I have young Hasidic students under me. <laughs> practicing how to chop the pee-pee so that when they're rabbis later, they know how to chop it. It's not, I mean, maybe maybe they could get cut a deal with the family if they want a cheaper, a cheaper Oh, rabbi, okay, I, 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 I was going to say, 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 I got business with you, though. <laughs> yeah, we're talking business. I need a little seed money, Daddy Brap, good for the, for the kids. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I'm in the loop of these conversations. Like oh. Rabbi Manashevitz, he says he he goes uh, he calls me and he's like, you know, hey Eric, can you hold on to these voicemails in case I have to sue Danny Braff later? <laughs> so he like sends them to my email. So my okay. thinking is, let me just put them on the public record because I don't want this blackmail material. I might yeah, want. yeah, yeah. You don't want to do it. Yeah, but they, they've, yeah, uh, cutting peepees. That's that's a hell of a way to say it. Yeah. I think that's in the Torah, isn't it? I think so. I don't, yeah, I don't know why. That term specifically? It, I guess it builds a very deep relationship with you and your rabbi. I mean, someone literally cut up your peepee. So it's like, you know, when he calls later, he kind of uses that, uh, you know, yeah like remember me <laughs> yeah. remember this yeah, yeah i don't know it sounds menacing there's there's a voicemail now danny Brand, it's red by amanda shevitz remember when i chopped your peepee boy did you scream boy did you bleed anyway i got a business deal for you listen i went into amc theaters when they were closing down and I got a tour because I said, maybe I want to go ahead and build it. Maybe I want to go ahead and build it. So I got a tour, but then I snuck in the back. I saw the concessions. Yeah, there was some rat feces in there. There was a lot of rodents. But I got myself, I got my hands on some not dolphin safe plastic bags. They were very inexpensive. 
So I'm thinking if me and you, uh, we, we go back in there, say we're going to bid on the building and then we're going around the back, and if we just bag these supply cord, it's all raw fits. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, grab, call your rabbi man to shove it back. So I don't know. It's what, what happened at the end there? Did he gag? What was that? I think he was just, um, sometimes he stumbles over his accent. Okay. okay. Pretty aggressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a good, that sounds like good business. Non-dolphin safe bags. I guess it's all profit that way. Because it's a got, market, baby. Um, this is the last one. I only have one more here. I don't know why you keep sending it. It sounds like he's sick in the head, but um, this is Rabbi Manchev. It's leaving a voicemail on Danny Braff's phone. Hey, Braff, it's your Rabbi Manchev. Remember when I chucked your pee-pee? Boy, did you scream. Boy, did you bleed. Listen, I got a little gig for us. There's a bar mitzvah coming up. I want you to do your little finger magic tricks where you take your thumb off, all that stuff. But here's the kicker. On your way out, I want you to slip and fall and say the key phrase, oh, I hurt my neck, my back, and my head. Oh, I'm dizzy. You let Rabbi Manishevitz take it from there. I'm going to sue them to take the house. I'll give you a little taste of the accident that we have. It sounds like he's just conspiring to commit fraud. You know? That's what it does sound like, yeah. And he sends this for me in case he has to sue Danny. I don't know. It's... But yeah, this, yeah, it won't work because he's admitting to, yeah, conspiring. However you said it. <laughs> Committing fraud. Yeah, there you go. He's trying to commit fraud. So, Not much of a magic trick, by the way. Slipping and falling and being like, oops, I'm dizzy. Yeah. And then, you know what happened is um, Rabbi Manchevitz one time, he said something on Danny's uh, uh, Facebook wall, and then Danny took it down because he said he didn't want his family to see it because of anti-Semitism. And I agree with him. Like, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, all right. <laughs> God, that was stupid. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, yes, this. Did you have? So I know there's something, you know, Franco Danger, he's, he's pretty level-headed guy. He's got a lot of responsibilities. But he is a comedian. His head is not screwed on perfectly straight. And I remember you, you were hosting at the Stress Factory. And, mm -hmm. uh, you, like, you were killing the whole time. And even between putting performers up, you're like, I don't know. I'm nervous or whatever. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So like, you were like, huh, I don't know. I'm scared to go back on stage. You're like, I was like, you're just, a, you just were up there killing. What are you torturing yourself for? So when you're going to shoot your specials, did you have like a lot of like waves of anxiety and performance anxiety or how'd you feel? Here's the thing, bro. It was such a weird feeling. Cause it was like, the, it didn't feel real. And then it was like, I felt all the nervousness, but it was like, it was just like stuck in my gut. Like it, so like I, 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 I didn't, I wasn't outwardly nervous. My brain wasn't like, it's so hard to explain. It was like a dormant volcano that's making a lot of noise. And you're like, are you going to erupt? If you're going to erupt, just fucking erupt already. If you're not going to erupt, just stop making all this noise. So it's like, I didn't get fully nervous i was at like 50 percent, but i knew it was all in here and then i couldn't enjoy anything that whole day like i played video games i couldn't get into it i was listening to my favorite music i couldn't get into it uh i'm trying to think i'm like i should go over my set and my brain's like Ugh, i don't want to listen to this shit I, I can't listen to these jokes and then i was like what the fuck what if i missed something and then it's like no you're gonna be fine and then me thinking i'm gonna be fine made it worse because i was like if i think i'm going to be fine i'm going to get up there and then i'm not going to be fine and it's going to fuck everything up i should be more nervous and it was just this crazy loop of what the fuck just be nervous already and then once the show started i put my headphones in and i started listening to music and i was like i'm just gonna fucking i because i was getting nervous and as soon as i put my headphones in all of it came in at once like all of this all of this nervousness, all this, it just all hit me at one time. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm doing it. Like, I'm, I'm fucking, this is it. This is it. And I was just like, woo. When I had my headphones on and I was like, 
It all came to me at once. I said that to Joe McAndrew in the green room. And then he was like, Shh, dude, because I had my headphones in and I was like really loud. But um, yeah, it, it was just a whole mess. And I remember when I was up there, when I got up, I wasn't in the moment until maybe five minutes into my set. I was talking and I wasn't even listening to what I was saying. I was just like in the like my mind was like, there's somebody over here walking to the bathroom. I hope that's not too loud for the audio. The door just closed. I, oh, shit, this person showed up. Oh, my God, I haven't seen them in a while. And it's just like while I'm while I'm talking and then I'm like, I should be focused on what I'm saying right now. I shouldn't be thinking about this shit. And then in my head, I'm like, come on, bro. Stop this bullshit. Get in the moment. Just just go with what you're doing. Like pay attention to what you're doing. And then it, it didn't it took five minutes for me to get into into my own body again. <laughs> So it was just these so so many weird emotions. And I remember the days leading up to it. I had my intro song ready and I would listen to the intro song and I would picture it in my mind and I'd get like emotional. I'm like, holy shit, this is this is gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm I'm like I've dreamt about this shit for so long and then it's finally gonna happen. But the day of not an ounce of emotion. They call my name. <laughs> I was just like, all right, cool. It's just another show. And then, I, and then now I'm beating myself up because I'm like, you waited for this moment. It's here. And then nothing, dude. What the fuck? What the but fuck? What's going to make you happy? If this won't make you, why aren't I happy? I'm not happy enough. Or should I be scared? Because then I'll be, oh. Yeah. We torture oh. ourselves. Oh, my we God. Ourselves. It, dude, and it was, I think it wasn't until I, I really got on stage and then I saw, like, everyone fucking just the amount of noise that these people made for me. And then I'm looking around. I was like, oh, fuck, that's pretty cool. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. And then immediately like, okay, find your mark. Don't get, don't walk off, uh, off, uh, off, uh, off camera. Don't do this. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, don't do that. And I'm just, I was like, fuck it. I, I don't need the coach in here right now. I just need to be me. And I, I need to, to, to feel it. Let's give me 10%. The I need 10%. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wait, it was, was so that? weird. I don't know. But, I feel like I left my body real quick. And <laughs> uh, Rabbi? Uh, <laughs> huh? oh, that sounds anti-Semitic. No, come on. Come on. I just got banned off Facebook. Let's let's be reasonable here. Um, what? That's what? what? Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say the one thing that was cool as shit is that this was one of my better sets. Um, I think top three sets that I've ever had. And it felt so good and awkward to hit a joke and have it have so much laughs that I had to sit in that character that I was doing and really just I for like a good three seconds, which is, doesn't sound much to a lot of other people. Yeah. But um, but we know like a full three to five seconds is kind of a long time to just spend. Doing nothing. When you're on stage, because I would hit a face punchline. is doing the attitude of the joke, and so you're like trying yeah. to keep it in, and you make it a face sometimes just squeezes more laughs, or the slower audience members maybe they go, Oh wow, that you set it up like that, you know what I mean? So then they start laughing later. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm such a nutcase, you know. That's why I set up my special recording to be video, but I did it with so many shows in a tour that we put the tour together because I'm like mm -hmm. you, I can just like torture myself mentally into a bad performance and mm -hmm. so it's like it's like it's uh, during the tour it's like i fucking bomb two shows in a row then i kill five like nothing then i like and i'm like oh this is too easy then i under prepare or whatever then i drove i was all the way from la to new orleans i was in dc and i do a show and some brunch drunk girl starts like heckling me i'm like i'm like okay i have like a script of all the jokes I want to do for my uh, set, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have all these like dog jokes. I'm like trying to like, can I do my three dog jokes to get out of here? And she's like, I was in Iraq and the dogs are smarter than you. Like uh. passing out from brunch drunkenness, like bottomless mm -hmm. mimosas. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, dude, I drove seven hours to get here. I have three dog jokes. Can you shut the fuck up? So like, <laughs> that, I was so mad. <laughs> But it's uh, because I care so much, you know, yeah. I'm like trying to make these jokes come out perfect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
the, because the crowd was so good, I was like, you know what? Let me add this one more joke that I told myself I wasn't going to do. And I ended up doing it and it worked out great. And I was happy. Um, there's a fly in my room now. Um, but it was like, it was a, a, a joke about fucking a banana. And I'm like, it's so stupid. And it's so, it's so ridiculous. But I was like, I can't wait to do that joke. I did the joke and in my head. That was probably like my proudest moment because it was like, it finally worked. It was hit or miss. Cause depending on the crowd, if there's an older crowd, cause it's a fucking banana, a fucking a banana joke, but it's also a Mario Kart joke. So if this isn't my kind of crowd that fucks with video games like that, they're not going to get it. But I was like, yeah, this is a, a Mario Kart crowd. Like I had to like test it out and shit, you know, and fucking I did it. And I was like, yes, did it the second show. Nothing. I was like, OK. And I, and I told the, I told the crowd straight up. I was like, yeah, you guys are making the cut on that one. You guys are going to be on the album. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, so funny. I, I only know this from a being a performer, but I was watching a bare knuckle boxing fight from the Ukraine. You know what I mean? Hell and yeah. this one exactly guy so. was winning the fight. He was mm-hmm. rangy, clearly winning. The other guy clipped him a little bit, but they were he was always moving with the get grazed and blows. And the guy who's winning, they like he like dodges some more punches, and then he just goes, and ha- he didn't get, uh, he fainted, he didn't get slow reaction knockout. Sometimes you get knocked out and you don't know until like you, your legs legs give out and you can't stand. He yeah, was moving, 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 swing, swing. Oh, I'm in a dangerous situation. Fainted. What? He fainted. What? And what happened? What's the call on that? They just called it a knockout. They called it a knockout. That's like not they fair. said. They uh, in the description of the video, it was like, um, you know, boxer gets knocked out ten seconds after the punch. But I watched the whole thing. He didn't get clipped with anything that would really knock him out, and he was bouncing and moving and wop. So it wasn't like boom out. It yeah. was like well, well, he was kind of moving. Nothing really landed, and then he fainted from. But that's hmm. what would happen to me. When I, if I was boxing in the Ukraine in this weird chicken wire fence cage, um, and then some really serious Ukrainian was trying to knock me out, I would faint. I think yeah. that's what would happen. Yeah. You don't think that's mean? a natural reaction? You know how you were taught describing your stress like, well, if I'm not scared enough, then it's going to be like this. I won't perform. And then if I'm too happy, then I'm not going to be hungry enough. And like stress builds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the worst thing that can happen to us is like emotional abuse of like a terrible bomb. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of traumatic emotionally to like super yeah. bomb in front of a packed crowd. But for him, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just found it interesting that he fainted. Yeah. I feel like that would be a draw. That shouldn't have been a knockout. Yeah. You know but I mean? I mean, if one guy falls over during a combat contest, I mean, I guess, I guess. I mean, I would if I was a fighter, right? And I knew I didn't fuck him up, and I knew he fainted. Like I knew I didn't clip him with anything. He faints like for no reason, seemingly for no reason. I'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Like I, I and then I get the win. I'd feel dirty about that. I'd be like, I didn't really do anything. This guy just he got scared or something. Have you, you ever? Know? I know your friend uh, fainted and. The Edinburgh Festival and uh, to, or something like that. I don't know what he did. He had a friend who uh, passed out or whatever. Have you ever passed out? Have you ever fainted? I, no, I never did. After giving blood or something like that? No, 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 no. I don't think I've ever. I'm kind of afraid of that because I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> I, I know some people do. Almost close. I've fainted before. After giving blood, I've fainted before. Just kind of like the the light closes and then it's like, light kind of looks like rainbowy kind of going by and then you're just out wow i think what i'm getting at is you you deal with stress do you feel like you're good at handling stress um i think so but then i mean i I, i'm also a bottler you know what i mean i bottle a lot um but I, i think i do also go yeah i'm not thinking about that shit or like if something hits and i'm like yeah that's not important right now um yeah so i I think half and half if i'm going to be dealing with stress and i've never been stressed enough where i'm like i'm gonna faint (laughs) 
you know what i mean like someone's like eh, can you you know yeah can you can you bring this to the store for me i'd be like i don't think i've ever <laughs> you know i don't have time and just faint see i'm like very like emotionally based like uh i remember i had this uh you know hot girlfriend and uh, i was going around to mike's in new orleans and mm-hmm. like i walk in and then my friend garrett literally goes oh looks like Hallaback got his group back and then i'm like doing so good on stage like because i'm happy i got this relationship i'm like happy and then, like, during the breakup, I start bombing and going super dark. Like, my, uh, so I can be really affected by, like, a breakup, stuff like this. Then the stress mm-hmm. goes up. Like, you know, when you're performing, you have to, like, be in a mood to have fun and to give yeah. fun. To, mm-hmm. Like, if you're, if there's something bothering you, it always comes out on stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I try my, my best to, um, to separate the two, but there's, there's sometimes where you just can't. You just can't. You go up there with an energy, like if you're pissed off about something, like something just happened. You go up there, you're like, ah, fuck it. Here's this joke. Here's this joke. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you can't. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's noticeable in the crowd. It's also, you know, it feels different to you. You deliver your shit different. And you know, some people find their voices like that though. I will say, it doesn't work well with me because I'm like very like, bah, we're up here and silly and fun and blah blah blah. If I went up and I was like. You ever fuck a banana? Huh? <laughs> you ever fucking fuck a banana? Like, it just wouldn't... I don't think it worked. I mean, maybe it might work the same. You have to come after a bunch. You got to earn the fucking banana joke. You got yeah, yeah. The crowd has to trust you for you to pull that off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, But you said that you're a bottler. I guess... Uh, is, is that like, okay, I know I'm pissed about this two-hour drive to work, and then I got to do this, and I got to do this, and then, like, you you kind of put it in this bubble inside so that you can like perform and be fun on stage is that what you're talking about yeah it's mostly i don't know it's just mostly i've, I've been doing that since i was a kid i just like if anything bothers me like i'm i'm too i don't want to um i don't want to create friction with anything so i'm like yeah i'll just let it go and i'll just keep it inside and then i'll do some other shit keep that inside do some other shit keep that inside and eventually like one thing i noticed once uh I haven't worked out in a long time. And then I worked out um, recently because I've been trying to, you know, get a little healthier and stuff. I worked out. And then as soon as I was done with that workout, it wasn't even that long. I was just I was just pissed in the middle of it, pissed to, like the beginning of it afterwards. And then I just for like an hour or two, I was just like fucking angry for no reason. Then I was like, oh, this is the shit that was in there. It, it needed to come <laughs> out. So it was stuck in there until I fucking started doing something physically and being like, fuck, fuck. And then I was in the shower, still pissed. And I was like, what? Why am I mad? And then I was like, oh, this is the shit. That was just, I opened up the seal a little bit. And I was like, yeah. okay, now I get when people are like, you know, you need to release some tension, go work out. I'm like, I get it. That's exactly what that was. And it was like two hours of just being like, irritated and, and like pissed off about n- literally nothing, too. It's like nothing happened bad. I was just like a, a baseline angry. And then I was like, what the fuck? And it went away. And then I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, sometimes it's uh I do bottle, but most of the time I'm like, uh I, I try I try my best to if it's worth it, like if it's an important like you know relationship, I tell Angelique everything. So at the end of the day, like I get to still release that, you know. But I don't think any of that stuff is stage stuff. Um, because I know my persona on stage. If I were to start writing, I know the things that get me angry is very uh larry david-esque very curb curb-esque right so i know if i start writing for like sketches and stuff i would definitely write the character that gets to be angry versus the character on stage that gets to be fun and silly the the danger part of it will definitely be in writing where i just get pissed off and then i just fucking say whatever the fuck i want in the same situations that i've been in in real life like i that'll be a good release i feel like (laughs) <laughs> but i can't really do that on stage it's weird when you start working out like i, I went to i was going to ricky lord's boxing gym i did it mm-hmm. like all of uh the previous month i don't know like june or, or july i did uh, the whole month and then i took a month off for disc golf and then i'm gonna go back uh, after labor day to ricky lord's boxing gym but it's only like like you say you're bottling all this stuff up and then like you're punching the heavy bag and you're thinking about fourth grade when someone stole your plate up you know what I mean? It's like, wait, why? Where is this popping in my head for? 
but it's like yeah. these are just like little micro traumas that like you never even thought about you didn't know why they bothered you or whatever it's like it does dig up your old stuff i don't know there's mm-hmm. something cathartic about it yeah um what's what's crazy for me is i'm i'm always like on a ladder i want to climb you mm-hmm. know and for me it's been an interesting part of my comedy because like a, about a year ago i put out conspiracies and dick jokes for porn beer halls and it's a medical device they're on youtube if you want to watch them now and as i build up another set i probably have 15 minutes 10 minutes now i don't know 20 minutes i don't know good or bad or i'm like working on the new set mm-hmm. but it's like you know i'm like oh, what am i just gonna put this out on youtube again and then get fucking a thousand views i don't know so i'm like what do i do you know where do i channel this energy into and um one of the places see i used to be a a german exchange student and i ran into this guy uh he's like the trust fund brad of davos Uh, there's a thing called the world economic forum it's run by klaus schwab and i met his son uh klaus schwab jr and now he has an instagram so i just if if you don't mind i'd like to play klaus schwab jr uh his instagram for you and sure. this is, he's like an oligarch who like reveals weird secrets about the Illuminati. And uh, this is what Klaus Schwab Jr. said about digital health passports. You know, how does that work? You have to get a digital health passport to travel. Well, Klaus Schwab Jr. on his Instagram at Klaus Schwab Jr. revealed a secret here. So, okay. Hello, Instagrams. It is your favorite oligarch, Klaus Schwab Jr.'s. I want to remind everybody to get the digital health passport from the big tech. Because, you know, the empire used to make book burnings when there was information that was not convenient for us. But now we just shadow ban users on popular big tech networkings without a want or a reason or probable causings. And in this way, now with the digital health passport, you can only go where the oligarchy wants you to go. Just like a little puppy in an electric fence. Thank you for your participation in your own slavery. <coughs> oh, that was a power boner. I need a new spacesuit. Oh, he has a power boner. Oh, wow. what is that? That's how the, the Illuminati think, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's disturbing. Here's another uh, Klaus Schwab Jr.'s Instagram. Hello, Instagram. It is your favorite wallet, John Klaus Schwab Jr. I want to tell you about making farmings because it used to be that there were independent farmers who making and they would make that tomato. And the judge used to say, well, you cannot patent that tomato because it was made from God. And then we said, but if we bribe and kill and bribe and kill and bribe and kill the judges over and over, and then we say, what about now? Can we make the tomato genetically modified? And so they said, okay, because we bought them. And then as soon as we got that blast, oh, we started changing the DNA of the slaves. And now legally, we own everyone. Wow. That's fucking, wow. Isn't that creepy? Wow, dude. RNA technology. Now, now the oligarchy owns all their slaves. All of them. Each and every single one. He said something else. Speaking of GMO foods, this is uh Hello, Instagram. It is your favorite oligarch, Klaus Schwab Jr. I just want to remind everybody that when you have the genetically modified dry peasant feed to take small bites and show often. This way you can produce 15% more labor was the empire you know he screamed like a snake at the end <laughs> yeah <laughs> screamed like a snake dude yeah dude <laughs> um so like eric Hollerback, like he doesn't like get a lot of shows um but klaus Schwab jr will be performing october 16th in las vegas at 7 p.m and 9 30 uh you can go to samtripoli.com for that so oh, yeah Eddie Bravo might be there too. So yeah, I think he well, he's gonna park his spaceship at Area 51. Okay. The Tule Air Base in Greenland. So he okay. like spaceships around. You know what I mean? So I think he's gonna be in the area anyway. So 
Yeah, it's cool. check out Klaus Schwab Jr. October 16th in Las Vegas. Tickets at aircollarbox.com. Click on the aircollarbox.com uh, uh, calendar, see where I'm doing stand up. Um, also, we have a sponsor for the show. You can go to acbdremedy.com. That's acbdremedy.com. Get yourself some cannabis oil. Promo code Eric, E R I C, for 20% off your order. Any plugs for Franco Danger? When can people find your album? You just recorded it last night. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, follow you. What's your? How can people find you on the social networks, Franco Danger? Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram at Franco. That's Franco with a C underscore danger. And I have all my links under there in that bio. I'll be posting up when the album's coming out. I'll be posting up my next shows. Um, you know, I'll be mostly in the tri-state area until things get you know open up and things are freed up i don't know when the album's coming out hopefully in the next couple of months and um after that i might set up a tour i might fucking go visit you down there in austin bro who Let's knows let me know that'd be awesome but um all right and then uh yeah then i'll go visit klaus in area 51 that guy's an asshole you know he's like he? yeah oh my god he's so elitist Damn. Like, we'll be at, like, a restaurant, and he's like, why do you have the peasant face? And it's like, don't say that to that person. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like, you know, that's that's rude. He doesn't have, like, boundaries. I don't know, some people. But his, his Instagram's blown up. Yeah, at Klaus Schwab Jr. Uh, what a pleasure to talk to Franco Danger. Uh, I mean, we became, we've been friends for four years now or something like that. And yeah, I think so, right? Crazy, right? How old? Wow. Oh, my God. Maybe three, up together, yeah, um, yeah. something like that 2018 20, yeah three um but uh yeah, yeah i like you perform you're a monster on stage i've always told you that and uh, thank you bro what a great friend you are dude thank you bro you're the best and we till we uh till we general souls again let's do it until we general souls again I'll, 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 it was a rough pot, you know, a lot of eating I had to cut out. There was like a pile of orange chicken. I was like, I don't want to do a podcast now. Fuck this. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm going to stop video.